We got some breeze beats. We got some breeze beats. They're coming in hot, so ready or not for breeze bits. Mmm, bits. How about now? Now it's great. I think it's perfect. I think it's good enough that maybe we've just started. Yeah, I've just started. You do sound a little alien-like, but it's not much different than your normal voice. I maybe I can't. Maybe I've been an alien this whole time. I mean, you are pretty out of this world, Lancey. There was a a toy store called Out of This World when I was little. It was a big deal to go to. Toy store called Out of This World. Did you? Was it in a mall? I feel like I've heard Shop, of this place. shopping center. I, I think it was. A, I think it was a small biz. I mean, maybe it. Uh, maybe they had multiple locations. I mean, it was no Noodle Cadoodle, Noodle later named Zany Brainy. Oh my god, Noodle Cadoodle, I would go nuts. I also love the uh, the Disney store in the mall, and they have all the different like places where you can kind of like dive in, and you can go play in little playgrounds. Did they have that in your mall? Never heard of this. Never was uh, Brookstone. Was that was they did have a Brookstone? That, that was the one with the you sit in the chairs and no one buys anything, but you just get like a massage and then you leave. Yeah, that's beautiful. Brookstone Lopez. They have a lot of fancy products for massaging. You can use, use. I feel like those chairs though are pretty disgusting. I don't know if Brookstone's going to survive post COVID. Who's going to want to sit in one of those used chairs? Brookstone Creamery. They got to combine. You get a Brooks, massage and you Brookstone. get some some ice cream. Yeah. By the way, I can't. I don't know if you turned off your camera, but I can't see it. I would, uh, I, yeah, I my camera. Face. You can't see my my face. Oh yeah, it face. looks like. Uh, how about now? Now I can see you. That's good. Welcome to Braze Bits, everybody. This is episode thirty-five. Welcome to Braze Bits. I don't have a uh, an athlete who wore number thirty-five, but I do have my Pee Wee football teammate Jimmy Grief wore number thirty-five. So shout out Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy. I believe Frank Thomas was thirty-five. The Big Hurt. The Big Hurt. Now he does those commercials. You ever see those? I have. What are they even for? I don't. Even I, I think it's for, for like ED or just also just being like an old older man who's sad that they're old. I think right. that's basically it. It's like, are you sad that you're old? Frank no, Thomas is old squirt. and he's doing great. Yeah, he's squirting out tears out of his face. Big <laughs> squirt. Yeah. yeah. Um, remember in the mall, remember uh, FYE? They FYE? Those? For, your For your entertainment. And it was just DVDs oh, yeah. and CDs. And the last CDs. time I was, uh, I was in a mall, I think it was like 2018, and they were still going. How is that possible? It, I remember those places vividly. You can go anywhere, any mall around the country, and they had those places. Maybe it's a front. A mafia front? A CD front? Yeah, and it's like the real business is, is streaming. <laughs> those were, that was the good old days. You can go to a store and like flip through CDs, flip through old DVDs. Nothing better. Yeah, I mean, you lose something huge with, uh, I mean, even thinking about Blockbuster. I know. I miss Blockbuster. I miss the whole process of like choosing a movie, going out and picking a movie for the night. You're locked into it. Now, I can't get locked into any movies. I, I put it on Netflix, I can't get locked in. I, I turn it off after five minutes. Yeah, it's that, uh, was it Paradox of Choice? It's like when you have too much, too much freedom to do something, then you're like, it's, it doesn't work for humans because we, we have to like be grounded with some sort of like, that's why, that's why we need routines and, and, and things like that. Because if you have, if you have no limits on what you could do, it's a, it's a nightmare. Too much tuna. Too much tuna. Yeah. Should we get into some meal prep? 
Yeah, let's let's. Uh, you got anything to start? I have one thing, which I you know of. I don't know if you know. I'm going to bring it up. Um, so we got we had some emails from I guess podcast business type people every now and then. They email us and they're like, "Hey, Braze Bits, we noticed you're a podcast. What if you gave us money and we did something that you don't need?" A lot of those types of emails. And then they follow up and they say, "Hey, just checking that you got the last email." And it's like, "Yeah, we got it," but. And then they'll be like, this is the last time we're contacting you. I'm like, please. And then they follow up again, circle back. Yeah. But anyway, we got one from a, I guess they're an artificial intelligence company. And they Mm -hmm. transcribe podcasts. Edible transcripts. Yeah. They they transcribe podcasts with artificial intelligence. And they're like using our whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, And they they send us a sample. And boy, oh boy. It was unbelievable. Embeddable transcripts, Joel and beatable transcripts. It was they they did our episode thirty three egregious Philbin. They uh, wrote up a transcript and it's pretty insane. I the biggest thing that stuck out to me from the transcript was how many times I say the word unbelievable. I don't know if it was just that episode or if I do it all the time, but I said unbelievable. At least 15 times. So I thought it was hilarious, number one, because it, it, it was a transcription of how the pod is, and it's barely in English. It's just like references and uh, non... It's it, chaos. It, it is chaos, but then it's also wrong. Like, I mean, it, it was refreshing that artificial intelligence is not, not in pod shape. <laughs> it couldn't keep up. It could not yeah. keep up. You wonder if the... If technology, if they did our multiple episodes, if the technology would be able to get into pod shape, or if it, if maybe it's not possible. Yeah, that 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 would be the only reason it would be worth it to have the service to see if the artificial intelligence was able to get in pod shape. Yeah, our our podcast, our rhythm is not meant for robots. It's meant for humans. It's meant for brazerbacks. It's meant for brazerbacks. Meant meant for people in pod shape. And it's it's a challenge. Not everyone can be in pod shape. That's why we appreciate the Brazerbacks that we do have. I'm sure there are – I've never heard of anyone specifically, but I'm sure there are people who they say, oh, Braze Bits, let me try this out. And then they get in the kitchen and they say they, – they pull the smoke detector. They pull the firearm. They're like that Hey Arnold episode. <laughs> right. You can't stand the heat. Open up the window. Get the smoke out of the kitchen. Yeah. Or whatever you can. I mean, you could even take, you could undo the smoke detector. We don't encourage that, but we know sometimes that you can't figure out how to turn it off and you just got to, you just unplug it or take out the batteries and that's a temporary move. Yeah. That was the biggest thing in college, my freshman year, my RA, the biggest thing he taught us was how to put a a plastic bag over the smoke detector. Yeah. That was his biggest uh, influence on me. (laughs) Sounds like he smoked a lot of weed. What? Sounds like the sun god smoked a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're starting to break up. I can't, I can't hear you. No, I'm just kidding. I could hear you, but I didn't want to acknowledge it. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying you. I'm saying this RA. Rob, the sun god. The, the sun devil? No. Oh, yeah. Only if he's, only, so I guess if you have an RA, a Ra, it's always going to be a sun god. But if you go to oh, an RA, that's what I always Gosh, call. No, I, I always walked around calling RA sun gods, and people were like, "What are you saying?" And like one out of every twenty people would would figure it out. But if you if you go to Arizona State, your RA I guess is a sun devil, right? My RA was more of an RA Dicky. <laughs> that's good. Throwing some knuckleballs. Yeah. 
that is a knuckleball move to a knucklehead move to put the garbage bag over the smoke detector. Oh man, you the king of the knuckleheads. Yeah, that's my nice. that's my Charles Tur- Barkley. Terrible. That's, that's T R B L terrible. Yeah. Um. Oh, what was the other thing that I was going to say? Uh, my brother, NP, we'll call him, uh, emailed the pod like two weeks ago, and we'd never checked it. But I just wanted to shout out that. And we talked about Reese, Reese, my niece, at one point, and he assured us that she will become a Brazerback. Yeah, she might be, be our youngest Brazerback to date. Yeah, she's not even one year old, so that's impressive. That's very nice. Yeah, France. And he also talked about, he really talked up your uh, love for the chicken colored sandwich on the beach. Yes. He admired how he, he agreed, which I really, really made me feel good that the chicken colored sandwich is optimal for the beach because the longer it is on the beach and the hotter it gets, it soaks in the moisture and the flavors get more better and better the longer you're on the beach and it gets hot. Yeah, I agree with that, but I think you could also say that uh, with almost any sandwich. I don't know about that. I don't think cold cuts. Cold cuts get slimier the hotter they get. They're you not think? cold anymore. They're, they're hot cuts. I guess they are hot cuts. You're right. Super cuts. Jay Cutler. <laughs> Jay Cutler. That's a hot cut. That's a hot cutlet. <laughs> Very hot. You cutlet. don't want to get divorced from that hot cutlet, you know? Absolutely not. Especially if you're in a bear market of dating. Yeah. You got to... Nah, I was going to say like, you got to get your bearings, but I was going to try to say Capillary, but it, it didn't make... It was, it was a stretch. <laughs> but now we're cooking. We're, we're getting to... What do you got for some meal prep? I was going to bring up the embeddable transcripts, but I can also... We have a lot of meal prep. We got another question from Pod Nemesis, Eric Slidell. Eric Slidell, he uh, put down a decent hand, didn't, sh- didn't show all of his cards, but he asked, he posed the question. He had a good question. The chef's... Yeah. Um, he asked us if we prefer Russian or French style. I guess they're styles of, yeah. of service in a restaurant. Service style. So you could look this up. I like was vaguely aware of this, but I didn't know they were actual things. So they're, they're French. You could t- service à la Russe and service à la Française. How's that accent for you? And so... Perfecto. Thank you. And so Russian style service is more... You're getting thi- when things are ready, they're brought out, basically. Yeah, and then French style service is they kind of bring everything out in kind of this elaborate, you know, with the whatever the the things are, the semicircle things that cover that you that you put put over and they re- the big reveal. Yeah, yeah, the big reveal. So basically, I would say it's the the difference between the big reveal reveal parmesan and. <laughs> getting things out as they're ready. So, and you said, you know, our, our pod nemesis, Eric said, oh, we've had a long history with, and Jesse, I know you go back and forth where you stubbornly respect Eric said, questions. And you said, this was, you said you I hated, did. hated how good this, how good of a question this was. I, I did. I, uh, and there's a part of me that wanted to, no matter what Seidel says or adds to the pod, I want to reject it and kind of ridicule it. But, I enjoy this question. I, I didn't, like you said, I didn't know. I, I, I kind of knew a vague what the Russian style and French style service was. This is a great question. This, I think this is uh, perfect for the pot. What would you say? I think it depends on 
the restaurant, but overall I prefer Russian style because I feel like the French style is very overwhelming when it's like uh, everything comes out at once. It's like it's, it's like a feast. Um, but I was also I was also looking at French style service is also can be when the waiter or server finishes like cooking the meal in front of you. Like they they bring out a partially cooked dinner and then they finish it in front of you like table side. That's French style also. So like someone's like uh, I don't know putting a steak in the oven. It's like very very. Someone's putting the a only steak. example I could think is Peter Luger's, and they bring it out like half cooked, and they're, it's still cooking on like the the hot plate. But they're not really cooking it; it's just the meat's still cooking. You could say even like a fajita, right? It's still kind of cooking when they bring it out in that yeah. that uh, skillet. Yeah, Skrillex. <laughs> but I would say overall, I prefer Russian style. I like the dishes coming out staggered, like sequentially, like having some a break in between courses. Uh, that's probably my preference. Yeah, I would say that it does, I think, vary a, a bit on the restaurant, but I think you got to prefer Russian to French um, because I think I think the French style is more impressive. There's a big reveal. It's more – it's showmanship. It's more of a, a thing. But the Russian style service, it's, it's letting the food do the talking. And right. you got to love that experience. You don't know when things are going to happen. It's, it's the difference between things just kind of happening versus waiting. And then, and then it's, it, the event happens and then it, it's over, which I don't like. I mean, right. I think the best, and I guess this is related to Russian, but I think the best meal type in terms of serve, like service style is tapas, which I guess is Russian style. Exactly. But I just love you – don't, you don't even know the order. You have you kind of for like if you order you know if you're with five people and you order ten or fifteen tapas, you're gonna f- even forget what you ordered. So you something comes out and you're like, oh man, I'm so happy it's that, I, that I got this. Yeah, you're not getting too filled up. You get little bites, little nibbles of everything. You're not not getting overstuffed. Everyone gets to try a little taste of something different. A lot of different taste profiles. That's I like tapas a lot also. Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, so this, thank you, uh, nemesis, Eric Seidel. Eric Seidel said to this, I said, I, you know, I was impressed that he, that he came in with a question. We sent out a request for questions and he came in with one and he said that you bet I re-raised. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Classic Seidel with the re-raise. Yeah. Well, I'm calling it. I'm calling his re-raise. I'll yeah. never, I'll never let Seidel take the pot. Yeah, so this was a, a new segment. This is our question segment? Uh, I think this is actually a good idea. We do one. We have two questions this week, so we do one in the beginning and then we do one towards the end. Maybe let's do that. Down that sounds that. good. When we get two questions, and then if we get more than two, then uh, we'll have to end the podcast. So beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. If you Don't do match. want, yeah. If if you do want to send a question, you could DM us at our Instagram, which is Braze Bits. Or you could email us at braisebits at gmail.com. Any types of questions. This was a good question. I think this was a, a high bar of a question. You don't need to be this on pod brand. Right. You can ask us anything. Absolutely. It could be specific, it could be vague. Any kind of question. Yeah. You got any highlights? I do. I got two highlights. I um I played golf with Wack Goldberg and a couple of other friends. First time I saw Wack, I think since quarantine guys as whack as ever uh his whack his golf whack was decent uh i played pretty whack myself i hadn't golfed in like two years 
Um, but it was it was a highlight for me just getting out of the city. We played in Carmel, New York. It was like an hour drive up in like upstate New York. Really beautiful. Really, uh, it was a hilly course. Um, it was just, it was beautiful. Beautiful day. It was very hot out, but uh, we had golf carts and it was just felt nice to get out into the country. That's nice. Blacking the golf balls. Carmel Gibson. Um, yeah. Carmel, uh, I, I've only heard of Carmel because they had like the Carmel Limousine and Taxi Company and they had like commercials. Oh, the that's, I thought, I didn't know it was based on the place. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. My other highlight, I went to. Uh, what are you, Meshuggah? To- <laughs> Real New Yorkers call Carmel. <laughs> they have great commercials. Really, really good commercials. It is honestly. I actually read that they have comedians write the, the, the commercials. New York comedians. I know that uh, what's her name, Bonnie McFarlane, has written has written a bunch of, of their commercials, and I think Carmen Lynch has also. Yeah, they're really good. Um, yeah, yeah. It's honestly worth. It's not worth having cable just for the Carmel commercials, but it isn't like cable. It, it's a perk <laughs> that cable should advertise that they don't. Yeah, that's a big Kendrick Perkins. Yeah, but I interrupted you. Sorry, my. What was that? No, it's all good. My other highlight is I uh, ate outside in the city with a new my our new Brazerback Phil Jackson guy is still learning the triangle offense. Uh, we ate outside of this place in the Upper East Side. Uh, it's a South African wine bar, and they had uh, really good food. I had a really good lamb burger that had uh, gorgonzola and candied cherries as, as toppings. It was delicious. Uh, Phil and I caught up. Phil gave me a lot of feedback on the uh, the podcast. He, he uh, he's enjoying it. It's, it's great to see it through his lens. One funny comment he gave about me was that when we do the top nines, that I usually like if I don't have a good way of ending my like synopsis of my my list or of my like number, I always say the the thing at the end. Yeah, I like that. that. Makes any sense? I like I mean, that. Like, You're like yeah. the Lambert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, number six, Lambert. <laughs> he said he find, finds that pretty funny. But it, that was a highlight, just being able to eat outside, eat at, at a restaurant felt very uh, special. And uh, they were taking all precautions, and it was very uh, spaced out. But it was nice. Yeah, that sounds great. Uh, I do have a question. What are some of Phil Mickelson's criticisms of me? I want to hear the dirt. He didn't have any specific uh, criticisms of you. He, he said that he enjoyed your music list. He said that it was very emo. You have a very, you had a very emo uh, music top nine. Yeah, emo Phillips. <laughs> but there wasn't any direct criticisms. It was more like he enjoys our banter and he thinks that he works in uh, online advertisements somewhat. Um, and he said that would be really interesting down the road once we blow up. If we get like uh, adver- advertisements that are seamlessly used in the pod, and like we use like our references are considered advertisements. So like in the beginning when we were talking about uh, I don't know like a Russian style restaurant, yeah, in a reference, it's like a it's like an adver- what's it called when an advertisement's it's a product product placement in, yeah. in, the, in the podcast, yeah, yeah. I mean when I'm doing braised bits i like nothing better than an high school snapple <laughs> that's that's just seamless which is also my favorite thing to use delivery even though i know it's not good for the restaurants seamless 
Yeah, no, that that is you're right. That is pretty seamless. And I liked when I play baseball. I love a four seam fastball <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. All right, that's that hot cheese. Yeah, that high cheddar. And when I buy cheese, I love going to Murray's Cheese. Jamal Murray. Murray. Uh, all right, it's over. <laughs> podcast is canceled. I think we, we, that might be my favorite part of the podcast is when you don't get something. If you when you try to come up with a something like a, a pun or a reference and you don't get it, that's my favorite moment. When you're like, ah, I, I it's because uh, it, it, you know it is. It's when you're, you're caught looking. It's it's like there's a pitch that's coming down the middle and you feel like you you should unload, but for some yeah. reason you just don't or you're unable yeah. to. It, it's a, it is a good movement moment. on the ball. A little R.A. Dickie Knuckleball. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought out eating out at a restaurant because that is I, – I don't want to say it was my highlight, but it was something that I wanted to mention as a highlight for the pod. I also had my first outside restaurant experience this week. And I was uh, – it was at Arturo's, uh, also on the Upper East Side. Uh, maybe we were, we were dining at the same time. Who knows? Wanting and dining. Yeah. Switch in addition. Yeah. Um, and I got to say, so this is, is one of my favorite restaurants. I don't think we've done a top nine New York City, or I don't think we've done our top nine favorite restaurants in general, or top nine New York City. But if and when we do, uh, this would definitely be on mine. I've talked about it a bunch. It's a restaurant that um, I go quite a bit with uh, my father in law and my wife, and it's very good. And it was great to go because the food is good. We like kind of know. Like, I've, we've got enough. You know, he go, he goes all the time, but like, you know, we've got enough where we know the people who work there, and it was great. Like to That's see everybody and kind of you know obviously support the restaurant. Um, you know, as you're eating outside, they had like a good setup. They actually had tents, so you, it was like it felt like it was a little bit enclosed, and you were not like in the middle of the sidewalk. But and the, the food big circus, big apple circus, and. It, do, it did, though. I mean, the food was great, and, and that, like, kind of feeling that sense of normalcy was good, but it just goes to, it, like, went to show for me how important ambiance of a restaurant is. And, like, you know, New York City dining on the sidewalk, it's, like, in terms of outdoor eating, it's it's honestly pretty terrible. You're eating on the sidewalk of New York City. It, it's not, the city's not set up for it, like a lot of cities are, Um where eating outside is kind of more normal. Um, right. It was like... It depends. Was, what, what, were the tables out on the street or was it on the curb? They were out on... They were on the street, but it was like this enclosed thing. But I'm just saying like, just like being inside the restaurant, inside like how the space oh, yeah. is oriented, the music, the lighting, just like the vibe. You, you, you lose... It's a different vibe. So it's not the same experience. And it made me realize how important ambiance really is like the food was great but i would say it, it was honestly like 30 percent the experience that it wow. would be with the with the ambiance you know you got like the ambiance bar ambiance knows you got the the bar you got like some yankees game going on and some guy like talking about that it's just like all those little elements that make a restaurant this unique space like obviously the sidewalk situation is its own unique thing, but it's not really something I'm interested in. Like, it's not like, oh, let's eat at the sidewalk. This is great. It's you're doing it because you, there's no choice. Right. No, I, I definitely agree. 
I think it'll be nicer if we have to keep keep doing this like in the fall when it gets less hot outside and like it's a little breezier. But I agree, indoor ambiance and music and being able to uh, just look at the bar and, and see see kind of the hustle and bustle of the restaurant. But I also do I like eating outside. I, I like seeing a, like a, a nice sunset, seeing the sky turn different colors. That can also be nice. Shots of sunset. Yeah. Selling sunset. Style of buff. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing I wanted to mention. And then second thing I wanted to mention, also, I guess a highlight, not really a highlight, but something I've been thinking about. I watched, we talked last week, our episode was top nine food TV shows. And one of the shows we talked, we both had on our list was Ugly Delicious, uh, David Chang's Netflix yeah. show. And I hadn't watched an episode that you talked about, the steak episode, and I watched it. And... I I didn't like it that much when I watched, or I liked it, but <laughs> I, I didn't dislike it. But I thought like you were like this was the best episode, and when I watched it, I was oh, like, oh, no. this is good. But I probably thought about it more than I have any other episode after watching. Right, so it, that's a good thing. Yeah, so so like in retrospect, yes, it is Same now. It is now one of my favorite episodes in the sense that it's made me think a lot. I mean, it's it's about meat and just, or it's about really steak and it's about. Where we're going with the future yeah. of meat and the future of cow sustainability. Exactly. And it kind of made me it's it's something I've always I feel like I've thought about on the back burner. Um, in terms of like my meat consumption, but it's something I'm like now so I'm like I'm someone who like I feel like I'm aware that especially it seems like especially beef is bad for the environment. Like the way beef is produced. The way it's made. The way it's yeah. made in America, I guess, especially is bad for the environment. Um, it's not something I'm willing to give up, but I'm always like, oh, that's not ideal. Um, but I feel like I've been, I, I want to move more towards a place where I don't have meat every day. So like, sure. I mean, a lot of the, the episode was about like steak as a celebration. And I agree with that. Like steak in most cultures is like, uh, I guess epitomized as, this, like a celebratory uh, food item. But I feel like I want to start doing that with meat in general a little bit more. Like I'm never going to give up meat or maybe you know, never say, never say never Justin Bieber, but I'm definitely, I like meat too much to, to give it up. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm too much of a believer in meat, especially chicken. If we're considering chicken meat, I have chicken at least once a day. Uh, it'd be tough for me to cut chicken out. Yeah, I'd be a chicken to do it. Yeah, and they sometimes they come home and they roost. So that's what I fear about it. If, if we if we eat too much chicken, then maybe the chickens will come home to roost on humanity. <laughs> I mean, humani- it's not a bad thing. <laughs> chickens take over the world. Yeah, chickens of the world is a new planet of the apes, planet of the chickens. Yeah, um, no, but I yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about it more and. I'm interested to see how much I'll actually do it in practice. I mean, as I'm typing this, or not as I'm typing this, I don't know why I'm thinking I'm writing an email. But <laughs> the, embeddable, the, the embeddable transcripts, yeah. well unbeatable transcripts, they're the one typing. There's just so much like being on online now, it's, it's outrageous. It's like that, that, That's what is real anymore. Yeah. But um, as I'm saying this, we're gonna I like seasoned a, a a ribeye and we're gonna have it for dinner. <laughs> but 
I I bought this before I, I bought that before I watched this episode. Gotcha. To, to be fair, it's, it's, you're celebrating the pod. Celebrating, celebrating the thirty-fifth. Celebrating the thirty-fifth, thirty-fifth birthday, and that might be the last birthday. That might be the last non, like forty, fifty, sixty birthday you could really celebrate. Thirty-five. Like number wise, like like as like a as like a major or more major birthday. Seventy-five, I think, also, but like. I think 60, 50. No, no, certainly. Yeah, yeah. Big. No, I'm saying, I'm saying. But the, in, in the fives? Yeah, in the fives. Gotcha. Yeah, I can agree with that. 45 is not that big of a deal. No. 55? No. 65, though. My parents. You're right. My parents are actually, they're, they're, they're in their 30s, my parents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they got, they got like 30 more years to go for that. But exactly. 65, I think, is significant just because of the, um, what do you get, like Medicaid? And something with Social Security. Medicare, yeah. Medicare, yeah. Yeah, so that stuff is significant for, for those reasons. So yeah, I guess 65, and I guess people maybe retire at 65, but that doesn't seem like it exists anymore. 65 was also my uh, Wee football number. Offensive lineman. You were an offensive lineman? Yeah. That's major news. And also also on the defense, I played a little D-line. They used to call me the sack man. Yeah, I can see that. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking you were more more of a defensive monster, like a Ray Lewis, <laughs> like a Jesse the Jesse Armstead. Exactly. Yeah. Um, not the end. Yeah. Uh, great. So let's uh, uh, continue the episode. Let's do it. We have a pretty sweet top nine. Some might say uh, you need a certain tooth to enjoy this top nine. I think you need a few teeth, or maybe because if you like this top nine, you're going to have no teeth. We'll see. I uh, our top nine this week is top nine candies. That's right. Top nine Michael Ola candies. Yes, the top. candy man, Marcus Candy. That's a good one. Uh, candy more, candy. <laughs> Mandy <laughs> nice. more candy. Candy, yeah. Nice. You got it. Nice. Great song. Great song. I uh, gotta say, I am not that much of a candy man anymore. I would say the past five years, the only time I really have candy is at a movie theater. Though, my number one I always have in my apartment for the most part. But overall, my sweet tooth has gotten less and less over the years. Yeah, I mean, if you're over a certain age and you like candy and you have a lot of candy around, it's concerning. <laughs> <laughs> it's especially concerning if you like candy that much or you have that much candy and you also have a van. Right, that's that's tough. If you have a van on top of that, unless you're Rob Van Dam. Or Claude Van, Van Dam. Who's Rob? John, John, Claude, John Claude Van Dam. Yeah. Van Dam Diner. R.I.P. It was a diner in like Soho and closed a few years ago. Nice. It was good. Yeah, um, let's do it. Our top nine candies. Top nine candies. I also am similarly, you know, I, so I, in third grade, this was the first year of Hebrew school. We had like Hebrew school when you're like, maybe I started like kindergarten or first grade, but it was once a week. But then when you're in third grade through seventh grade, I had it twice a week. Um, like Monday and Wednesday, I guess, afternoon and evenings. And when I was that age, I guess I just had a large change jar. I don't remember how I accumulated this change. I, I don't remember, I guess maybe, I, I don't remember if I got an allowance chores. or chores. I, I'm not really sure, but I just had this massive jar of coins. And it was maybe probably you were a young criminal that you, that you repressed memories. Maybe. 
Yeah, maybe I was. Uh, I worked for Fye, but <laughs> so I had. It was, I guess it was probably like two hundred dollars of of change, maybe wow. or so. Yeah, it was, it was significant. So every um, my Hebrew school, for whatever reason, there was this woman Beverly. She was like the I don't know like the That's manager it. of the Hebrew school, and there was like a snack thing. Uh, almost like at like school lunch, like they basically sold candy, like a canteen. Yeah, like a canteen, and you could buy candy. It was mostly candy, and you could buy it, and then I guess they took that money to have Hebrew school. I don't know. And huh. so every every Hebrew school, I would take some of that change and get candy every single time. Usually, it was Hershey's cookies and cream. Classic, which doesn't make classic. Which and then so I had candy so much during that period of time, and then I lost all my money to this candy thing that I've like never really liked candy again because I think I ran out of money. You you like overdosed on candy. I think yeah, and I think I I ran out of all my money when I was like you know in fourth grade, and I was like, what did I do this for? This wasn't even that good. It was just like something that I thought I was supposed to do because it seemed like I was getting away with something. So after that, I you know I'll eat candy, but it's never been. If if, if uh, I woke up tomorrow and candy didn't exist, that'd be a fine. Yeah, I'd be all right. I mean, I like desserts, which are yes, desserts candy. are great. But right. so that's this is good. Oh, let's, we're let's, we're very excited about this one. Let's do so, it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'll lead off. I'll get on base. A little Chuck Knobloch. My number nine is a Lind, which I don't know Lind L I N D T dark chocolate. With sea salt bar. Uh, Attorney General William's sea salt chocolate bar is probably my favorite version of a chocolate bar. The, the, the sweet and salty combination is delectable. I think Lind, outside of Hershey, they, they, they do more like fancier chocolates. They have like the dark, I, I like a dark chocolate overall. Um, and it's, I think this is probably my, my more adult candy that if I don't. If I go to like a grocery store or convenience store and I'm in the mood for a candy, this is probably what I'll go towards rather than your classics like M and M's and stuff. So that my number nine, <laughs> the Lindt dark chocolate sea, sea salt bar. That's a good one. Uh, I'm glad you you're a dark chocolate guy. It's far and away the superior chocolate. Absolutely. If you said milk chocolate, and doesn't it? Isn't it, isn't it like sneaky? good for you didn't some people try to say that for a while i think if you have like a small amount it's good for you but that's what people say with everything you know yeah. there's some study that says heroin's good for you yeah yeah but um yeah it's way better than milk chocolate milk chocolate's more like a, it's like pina colada of uh oh of, no don't do that <laughs> you, know, you don't mean that milk chocolate melted milk chocolate in a, in a cookie i mean that's fantastic that, that's what it's, it's meant to complement other flavors a little it's milkier yeah, but salt like sea Pina salt. Colada, that's just like that's a Michael Jordan. That's a superstar. Sea salt and chocolate is a, is a good combination. Um, I like yeah. the lint. This is, didn't make my top nine, but I uh, my grandma used to get get us these um, the lint like truffles. You ever have those? I had the Jeremy Lynch chocolate truffles. Jeremy Lynch truffles. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I like those. They're like peanut butter and caramel. And you got, you got to love a truffle, but the thing about truffles is one, you have four of them and you're sick. And then two, it's like, I don't know, sometimes you bite into them and it's, it's a ripoff. Yeah. 
and it could be too strong. But if, if, if it's a good one, I'm having the truffle shuffle. Yeah. Sometimes they truffle my taste buds. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get in the trouble with the trouble. Yeah. But something you might get in the trouble with is my number eight candy. This one is a little extreme, but it's one of my favorite. I haven't had this one probably since the 70s. It is Warheads Sour Candies. Uh, extreme sour candies. I don't know if you remember these bad boys. They're individually wrapped. They have like a like a kid with like a really like puckered up face in the label, and these are like the most sour tasting things I've ever. I remember ever tasting them, but I remember loving. They, they, it was like a shock when you first sucked on them. Like you, it was very you would, you would pucker up, Kirby pucker, and uh, but I, I'm a big sour fan. I, like I talked about sour beers. Um, my favorite flavor was blue raspberry of these warheads, and. Uh, they're just absolutely classic. I don't even know if they're being made anymore, but they're one of my favorites. Yeah, I actually have Warhead. Warheads are my number three. I'll, I'll say it. Wow. I'll say it right now. Let's go. And <laughs> Warheads, I think so. I first, I remember they came on the scene. I was like in second grade. And I remember this was in, I went to this uh, this like day camp over the summer. And I remember some of the older kids were like, oh, Warheads, like these are crazy. And you can't handle them. And I was scared of them initially because, you know, these older yeah. kids were scary and they were There's talking about... a fear about, factor with them. There was a fear factor. Joe Rogan? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a real Joe Rogan experience. And um, so, yeah, I was scared of these older kids with the warheads. Very scary. And I was afraid to have them for a while. And then one, one day, I just, you know, I manned up. I had one and couldn't get enough. And, exactly. you know, if, if there's a candy that involves suffering, sign me up. <laughs> but you're right. I, I kind of forgot about that. They do have, like, a fear factor to them where, like, the label of them is scary. Like, they're individually wrapped. And it's like, the moment before you pop it, it's like, do I want to do this? But then it's like, oh. And then, then there's the relief and the, the enjoyment of the flavor. It's a great candy. Yeah, it's, it's a good candy because it is truly an experience from start to finish, which you can't always yeah. say. Um yeah, and there was something else I was going to say about. Oh, and like they're they're aggressive. I mean, the warheads. I remember when I was little, I didn't know what a war like a nuclear warhead was, but they had war in them. So that was like yeah. it was very adversarial. As a candy, it was supposed to be a fun thing, but this is like some sort of intense challenging of my emotions and, right. and identity. Right. Only a few people can handle this kind of this kind of candy. Yeah, they made you feel special if you if you ate it. Yeah, wow! I'm surprised you had that. That's, that's our first candy in common. First candy in common. First CIC. My number seven is the Charleston Chew. I'm a big fan of the Charleston Chew. Um, it is probably my favorite chocolate bar. I guess it's considered a chocolate bar. It's a flavored nougat covered in chocolate flavored coating, named after the dance, the Charleston. I feel like I discovered this candy at summer camp, and like. It was one of those candies where I had one and then, like, uh, I like, couldn't get enough. I think it was similar. We had like, a canteen that we would go to once a week, and I would always get Charleston and Chews. And uh, something about them is very, like, addictive, it feels like. And, um, yeah, Charleston Chew, absolutely delicious. Can't get enough. I don't think I've ever had a Charleston Chew for Igno in my life. What? <laughs> wow. What is it? It's, just, it's very similar to, to like, uh, uh, What's it called? I guess Three Musketeer a little bit. Okay. 
Yeah, I remember, I, I always, for some reason, and I don't know if this is true or not, I always thought of it as an old person's candy when I was little. Yeah. It just sounded like maybe like my dad had talked about it or one of my grandparents, and I was like, you know, if they talk about a candy, it's like, that's not cool. I can't have that. Lancy, Charles, Charles, <laughs> yeah. Charleston Chew for Rindo. Lancy, you know what I used to like when I was little? Charleston Chew. They're pretty good, Lancy. Lancy wants a Charleston Chew. Get him a, get him a Charleston Chew. You want one, Lancy. I'll, I'll have one with you, Lancy. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, and I never had one. And also, I've never been to Charleston. I've heard, I've heard. Uh, yeah, have I. Yeah, it was, I think Charleston's actually one of the first Jewish, like, one of the first Jewish settlements in America was in Charleston. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Um, but I've never been there. So, I don't know, maybe when I, if, if and when I go to Charleston, I'll, uh, I'll chew on it. Get a chew. Get a Charleston Barclay. Yeah. Sweet. That's my number seven. Nice. So I'll go now. Uh, my number nine is Butterfinger. Classic. I like a, I liked, I, I felt like I had a ritual when I had Butterfinger. Uh, I would like scrape the chocolate first off and then I would go, what is, whatever that weird chemical, bar of chemical is in the middle. What even is it? I don't even know. I have no idea. Sugar? Raphael Barr? Yeah, Raphael Barr, uh, Attorney General Barr. Nice. You already said that. Imagine if, I pawned, imagine if I pawned it off like I made it up. <laughs> you doubled down? Yeah. And then I called you out? And then yeah. you re-raised? Yeah. That would, that, would, that would be a Braised Bits beef. <laughs> a triple B. Yeah, we'd have, to, we'd have to solve it over an Impossible Burger. But yeah, and then we would have to have our uh, transcript. We get to pull it out, pull out the transcripts, and see who really came up with the first. Yeah, we get our artificial intelligence transcript. <laughs> anyway, I liked. Yeah, I liked the. I, I feel like when I was little, I, it was one of the candy bars I liked. Uh, I feel like Bart Simpson was like the spokesperson. Yeah, and I never really watched the Simpsons, sense. but I feel like I trusted Bart Simpson's candy taste. I was like, this guy's a goofball. <laughs> this guy knows about candy yeah. and. It just kind of felt cool to like Butterfinger. And uh, one thing I was talking about this actually with uh, Kate, my wife, and Butterfinger came up and she said she hated how it gets stuck in your teeth. And Yeah, very very sticky. It's very teeth sticky. Yeah. I did not think about that. So I actually, when I initially made my list, I put it uh, like in my head, I mentally had it like three or four, but I moved it way down to number nine because I was like, it's, it's pleasant. It, it's not even that great when you're eating it, honestly. It's good. Sometimes yeah, I, I... I always I always wanted to be a Butterfinger guy, but and like I would kind of like it when I would have it, but I never loved it. Like, I, the, like the way it was like marketed and the, the wrapping, it looks great. I wanted to love it. I wanted to be a Bart Simpson, but I I feel like I ended up being an OJ Simpson. <laughs> oh, I was like, where, where, I, was like I, don't, I don't get this one. <laughs> I was like, I, killed, I was I like, are you, uh, yeah, I was like, are you doing a reference of like, did you eat it or did you not? I was very confused. <laughs> but you know, the uh, Jesse versus the the Butterfinger. I'm also not good at uh, cashing things. Yeah. I, I have Butterfingers. Once I, I think I found out about the candy before I found out about people who can't catch being called Butterfingers. <laughs> so I was like, that's I never really trapped me because I was like, that's a good candy. You're calling this person they, they a good got candy, candy Butterfingers. Yeah. Uh, and it's also Butterfingers are very sticky, like the candy. So it really right. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. All right. I guess if you had actual butter on your fingers, it would get slippery. Hey, yeah. 
I guess the saying was created before the candy. But you know, if yeah. you're if you you're in the 1990s, that doesn't that doesn't track. All right, no. So yeah, Butterfinger. All right, number eight. Nice. We got um, Three Musketeers, which you just mentioned. Maybe nice. the, the maybe the cousin of Charleston Shoe. Yeah. I like Three Musketeers because I liked the you had you you uh, bit into it, and then it was nice and soft. Love the what soft. is it nougat? Is it's that like what a moose? Yeah, it is like a moose. It feels like a moose, and I always liked the Musketeers. Like I always wanted to be part of the Musketeers. Who didn't? Yeah, yeah, good crew. I didn't want to like outright ask. I didn't want to be like, "Hey, do you got room for one more?" But I thought that if I ate enough, then they might be like, "Hey, this guy, do you want to?" musketeer with us trying to be a musketeer (laughs) that's funny yeah elon musketeer elon musketeer like they were on you know musketeer one i was on musketeer five but i wanted to get up to musketeer three (laughs) right at least you're on the you're on a tier yeah yeah they they felt like they were doing Uh, cool stuff yeah I, i had three musketeers on my original first draft of my top nine big fan of the three musketeer uh I feel like I went through phases with all these chocolate bars, routed, and then I would just like have too much of them and get sick of it, and then move on to like a different version of the same chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah, don't disagree. So yeah, three musketeers. All right, so number seven. <laughs> <laughs> Class. So number seven, I have Starburst. Nice. And nice. Stefan Starburst. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I wouldn't say I love Fred Starburst, but. I love everything around them. So number one, I love the debate around the best flavor. What's your best flavor? Probably, uh, probably red. I feel like red is the obvious answer, and I felt like like in the beginning I thought, of I thought pink would be. Oh, so yeah. So I was saying in the beginning of my Starburst career, it was like always red, but then pink is the right way to go. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because you gain more friends with pink because. One of the best thing about Starburst, I think, is that you feel like you're the mayor of fourth period lunch when you get a Starburst. Right. You roll up with that life. sleeve, you're giving them out. You know, you're like Bo- standards of Starburst. You're like Boss Tweed covering everyone's rent while stealing money. And <laughs> I love giving out Starburst. You, you love you give out Starburst, but you also take Starburst. And yeah. pink is the best because when someone's giving out Starburst and you tell them you want pink. You know, when you when you say you're going to give out Starburst, you do it because that's the the customs of Starburst. But in right. in deep in your mind, you say, "Oh man, I hope you know everyone doesn't take all the reds, and I have no reds left." Right. So I think people have this; they, they have their defense up, and they're saying, "Oh, this person's going to say they want red," but then you come with the pink, and then that person says, "Oh, Lance, you're not too bad." I'll be friends with you for the long term. If you ever need a favor, I'll help you out. And then pink is not that much worse than red. I feel like they're pretty similar in terms of how enjoyable they are. So you're you're brokering a long term deal of friendship, of uh, of some sort of you know symbiotic relationship, while not really suffering that much yourself by not taking red. Right. Right. I I, I agree. I, I also think it shows what kind of character the person who is requesting the color and what kind of person they are. If they request Michael Red, that means that they're like they're going for your number one pick. They're going for that sharpshooter who's on bad bucks teams. And it's like 
wow, I guess, I mean, if you're going to take away my Michael Reds. But if they go for a pink, it's like, oh, they have, they have some class. They're, they're, they're not going to go for that number one. Not getting greedy with it. Yeah. Get it, taking red from someone offering Starburst is like going out to dinner where you know someone else is paying and ordering the most expensive thing on the menu. Bingo. It's just... Bingo. You know, it, it's definitely a, a faux pas paterno. Faux paterno. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of faux paterno, Wack Goldberg actually went to uh, Penn State and his favorite candy is Starburst. Nice. Yeah. Did you talk about candy with Wack Goldberg when you were golfing? We did. I, I, I kind of showed my cards a little bit. Uh-oh. And he showed his cards a little bit. We, uh, so we'll see. Uh, but I, I didn't really reveal my cards too much. I, I kind of more asked. I told him about the list. We'll see. We'll see what he Yeah, that's what I did with Kate. We talked a little bit about candy, but I didn't. I tried not to re- reveal my cards too much. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, yeah, so that was my nine through seven. Sweet sauce. Sweet. Speaking of sweet, my number six is Swedish fish. Uh Big Swedish fish guy. I haven't had Swedish fish since the 1940s, but it's definitely my number six uh, because it's a fish. And I love candies that are fish um, and that are also Swedish. I, I actually did a little research because I was trying to think of what the flavor of Swedish fish is. It's obviously that red fish shape. And I was, it's, it's got like a, a raspberry cherry flavor that I could remember, but I looked it up and it's actually a lingonberry flavor. Which I don't even never even heard of that berry, but apparently it's a popular berry flavor in Sweden. And uh, yeah, I just I could, I could pop Swedish fish for days. It's classic movie theater candy. Um, it's one of those candies where you only need like two or three of them. If you get a whole bag, it's like what are you gonna do with all the Swedish fish? Can, you can add you can definitely add too much Swedish fish. I'm I'm disappointed. You're, you're anti Swedes. Anti fish. You're, <laughs> you're gonna dish the fish? I'm gonna dish the fish. I think it it might be the worst candy. Oh come on, Lance! The worst candy? It's bad. And it's I feel like what? I, I feel like I mean the name is terrible. Number one, and because the name makes you think like, <laughs> oh, Swedish fish. This is gonna be something interesting. Like, like this is it. Like when I first heard of it, I was like, oh, this is like some rich. Swedish candy that has like this, you know, story tradition and they're making a candy. And then you find out it has nothing to do with Sweden. They don't even yeah, know about it. It's got the lingonberry. It, but they've never even heard of it's it. It's got the lingonberry flavor. They, they've never even heard Do you know what a lingonberry is? Abraham Lingonberry? Yeah. Uh, it's the not, crazy it, berry. It's not that, I think I do know, but I think it's also not good in the Swedish fish. A Swedish fish is just not good. You expect it you expect it to be more like a gummy worm or gummy bear, and it is nothing like that. And it's just, it's disappointing. And then when, like, I don't know, have you ever had the experience? I don't know if I've actually ever had this experience, but I feel like I've, like, watched it on, like, videos, and it's, like, around. Like, if a Swedish person finds out about Swedish fish, I feel like usually they're not stoked about it. That's fair. I mean, I, I wouldn't want, I, I, I get that, but the... Because it's not, and they're not stoked about it. It tastes fantastic. They're they're not stoked. It's, it's a great. It should be the candy of Sweden. They they're, they should be stoked about they're, it. They're not. Stoked. It's unbelievable. It tastes it tastes. It's a fish. That's it's a candy. And it's also you can the way it's made. You can taste like the or you can feel the little like uh, fish gills. The way they they cut the fish on your tongue. 
one fish, two fish, Swedish fish. Is they're not good. They're not good. I mean, we're both right. (laughs) We're both right. That's the beauty of the pod. That's the beauty of the pod. And also, it's like I don't know when you put Swedish fish. You're right at the movies. It's like I feel like that's where it's most prominent. Because at the movies, you're tricked into gluttony because you get. I feel like it's rare that. I this I might be wrong, but I feel like popcorn is the go to, right? And then mm-hmm. maybe you also get candy. I feel like there's not right. many people who are getting candy without popcorn. I back in the day sometimes would go nuts getting popcorn and getting M and M's to pour into the popcorn. Yeah. So I'm saying like it's rare that or it's not rare, but it's candy a lot of times at the movies are coming with popcorn. Gosh, you're not you're not always just getting you're not usually getting just candy. Yeah. So I feel like Swedish fish gets away in this, like it, it kind of gets away with something here because it it lets the popcorn do all the work, similar to my my beef with grilled cheese and tomato soup. It's letting it's kind of it's coasting off the success of popcorn at the movies, and it's like I don't know, it feels like a spectacle. It's like oh, Swedish fish. It, it feels like an actor. It's like an actor or something. It's a character actor. It's yeah. a fish. What, what what other candy is, is comes from under the sea? Uh, and it doesn't even have the fishy smell. Fun dip. <laughs> that is, I forgot about fun dip. Fun dip comes from algae. <laughs> fun dip, fun dip, almost was on my list just because I respected the fact that it was didn't even try to be anything else but just pure candy, just candy cocaine. Yeah, yeah, but it didn't make my list. Um, Me neither. All right. Yeah. All right, my number five, another movie theater classic, Bunch of Crunch. I'm a big Bunch of Crunch guy. Uh, it is the crunched up, bunched up version of a Nestle Crunch bar, which is like the chocolate bar with crispy rice, thi- rice crispy things. I don't even know what those are, but it's Bunch of Crunch is that it's mashed up into little little globs of crispy rice things covered in chocolate. Uh, fantastic at the, at the movie theater. Haven't had it since the 1930s, but it's a delicious little treat, and I feel like it's goes along the same lines of the salty chocolate combination because those rice rice things are a little saltier and crispy, and great texture. Love a bunch of crunch. Can't get enough. Yeah, bunch of crunch is good. I feel like you could only get it. I think they exclusively sell it at movies. I feel like I never see it. I think so I never see it around. You don't see it around, which makes it more exclusive. It does make it more exclusive, and it makes it, when you're at the movies, you say, oh, well, when else am I going to have the opportunity to get Bunch of Crunch? Exactly. It's like, maybe I'll run into the Brady Bunch of Crunch. Yeah, it's kind of like your friend who, who's always busy or hard to hang out with, and you're like, well, I better yeah. go to this, this thing, because, you know, when am I going to see Ted again? And that's, I think that's a good place to be. That is you want to be that guy who's like, you're kind of uh, people craving your time. Same with Bunch of Crunch. I crave that crunch. Yeah. One thing I don't like about Bunch of Crunch, but I guess you could say this about chocolate in general, is that it, I think it melts easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And especially in the heat. Yeah. I don't know why I feel like Bunch of Crunch. Maybe because you're like, you're, you're dunking in. Like, if you're having a chocolate bar, you're, it, it's like you're getting, it's, it's a lot of contact with chocolate, Bunch of Crunch. Yeah. So, you're more likely to, when you pull your hand out of the Bunch of Crunch, to pull some chocolatey hands out of there. Yeah. Which I don't love, but if that's the worst thing about a candy, then it's it's a decent candy. One thing about Swedish fish is you don't get anything on your hands. But moving on to my number four, you get the blood another of chocolatey treat. You, you get the blood of Scandinavia. 
Um, number four is peanut M&Ms. I'm going chocolate heavy on my list, but that's what candy is. Uh, peanut M&Ms, my favorite version of M&Ms, another movie theater staple. Um, the nut, the peanut combination with the chocolate is fantastic. The shell over the nut. And some reason, it, like because there's a peanut in it, you, you, you kind of, at least for me, I trick myself and think it's healthier than regular M&Ms because there's peanuts in there. And peanuts are vegetables, of course. So I go for peanut M&Ms nine, nine, nine out of ten times. Number four is peanut M&Ms. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it always is good to have the vegetarian option. But when I think right. of M&Ms, I'm like, I, you know, I'm a vegetarian. I got to have a peanut M&Ms. Got to go peanut. So when I was little, I thought this was far and away the worst M&M. Like far and away. Not even close. But they've grown on me, and as a mature adult, I understand, respect, and appreciate the peanut M&M. It's the adult M&M. It is the adult M&M. Is it number one? Not a chance. My M&M power rankings are number one, peanut butter. Wow, I, I don't know if I've... I've, I've had peanut butter M&Ms. Those are like Reese's. Reese's M&Ms. They're peanut right? butter M&Ms. They're, they're, a little, they're a little bit different. Uh, number two <laughs> is crispy M&M's. Do you remember those? Wow. I do remember those. They came in the blue uh, bag. I actually got crispy M&M's a fair amount from Beverly in Hebrew school. She was always, she was always hawking crispy M&M's. And I said, sign me up. I don't think Patrick Beverly. I don't think they exist anymore. Crispy M&M's, which I respect even more in a candy when they go into that Disney vault. When they retire. Yeah. Love that. And the number three, I think is peanut. And I think number four is, is class normal M&M's. I don't, I think, you know, sue me. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sue bird you, but I, I just forgot about pretzel M&M's. Those are, those are pretty good. Also. I forgot about those in my rankings. So we'll leave them, on me to, too. Leave them to the side. Yeah. All right. They're the vegan option. number four. Joe vegan. <laughs> I, I coughed. I got the virus. Sorry. No worries. Um, so peanut M&M's house your number four? Yes. Interesting. So I'll go. Number six, I got Werther's Original. Wow. Jim Werther. Yeah. So. Wow. I mean, they're a candy. They're, they're, they're the classic old person's candy. Classic yeah. old person's candy. And I remember when I was little, I don't think I ever even heard of Warther's Original until I was probably like 16. And, you know, at first I I scoffed at it. I said, you know, I'm a vibrant 16-year-old. I'm cool. I'm not going to have a Warther's Original. But over the years, you have them and nothing better than like a hard caramel candy. You know, they would be they would be much higher if only that like I, they were not a part of growing up. But there's something I would have. Out of the things on this list, they're probably the number two or three thing that I would want right now. Werther's? I, I totally forgot about Werther's. Wow. Yeah. They're 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 like the old person candy. But I understand yeah. why. It hangs out. It's not demanding of you. You get that caramel. I feel like as I've gotten older, I've appreciated caramel more than when I was younger. Yeah, it's definitely more of a mature candy. Yeah. Flavor. Yeah, I mean, you could only have it... Caramel New York. Yeah, you could only have it, you know, if you're accompanied by a parent, if you're under 17. Makes sense. Yeah. My, my grandma definitely always had Werther's around, the coffee flavor. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, so I feel like I'm also, like, kind of mentally preparing. 
Like I'm certainly going to be a Werther's original. I could see it. I could see myself having it. In, you already in are. My house. I already you're, am. You, you, you already are. I already am. I just don't actually have them in my my house. Um, number five, I got Milky Way Midnight. <laughs> which, to be honest, I'm not really sure the difference between Milky Way and Milky Way Midnight. I feel like the nougat is like a, it's it's white as opposed to like gray. I think that's literally the difference. That, I thought the midnight was that it was dark chocolate. Oh, maybe. I have no idea. I think it's a darker chocolate. I just, I, you might be right. I just, like, I always like Milky Way. Out of those candy bars, as we talked about, they kind of all bore together. I always kind of liked Milky Way. I thought it was a nice, I thought it was a nice in-between between Three Musketeers and, and Snickers. I thought it was like a nice, happy medium. And then Milky Way was like, how about this? What if we went midnight, baby? Midnight. <laughs> midnight. <laughs> and that branding, you know, that got me. That, that tickled me. I got you. As a nine-year-old, I'm like, midnight, that's when all the ghosts come out and people are cool. Right. I want to stay up till midnight. Uh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Milky Way Cabrera. I think that's a, it's a very, uh, especially the midnight Milky Way Cabrera. You can't beat it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's really all I have to say about, about Milky Way. And then Beautiful. number four, I have sour gummy worms. Gummy worms, nice. Yeah, gummy worms. I think far superior to gummy bears. Gummy bears. The only good thing about gummy bears, and they're not even that. You can't really do it with gummy bears. I'm actually thinking about Teddy Grahams. Now that I think about it, is that you could like slowly eat the body parts. You ever <laughs> dive into a Teddy Gram and you eat the head, then eat all oh, the, yeah. then you just left with that nice belly, but. Yeah, can't really do that with gummy worms. Gummy worms, you could feel like the gelatin, and you could same with the gum with gummy bears. They're just it's not as enjoyable of an experience. Gummy worms, I think, are a great candy, and then add on that sour because you want you want something in addition to just the gummy worm. They're brandless. I yeah, mean, so I I'm guess gonna... I guess there's a company that makes gummy worms. I don't know who they are, but I think the best gummy worms are when you go to a candy store and you oh, yeah. you kind of get them in a bag fresh see I, I would say your stance on swedish fish is probably similar to my my gummy worm take the whole just worms are creepy and and the the long like dangliness of these worms the way you eat them like you, you either suck on a worm like it's like a string or you you dangle it into your mouth it's it's a creepy move i think gummy worms are uh an embarrassment to worms i feel like worms are probably disgraced that there's a candy made out of them like worms are Bugs too, worms are, are Dennis Rodman also. I I just I I'm anti worm. Interesting. Uh, did you ever watch? You watch The Lion King, I assume. Sure. You know that scene when Timon and Pumbaa like introduce Simba to like where they hang out. Yeah. And there's all those amazing bugs. Yeah. That just it's just proof that desserts are delic- that bugs are delicacies. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Gotta it's love. a bug's life. Yeah, it is a bug's life. It is. Uh, it looks like there's a tornado by me. Is there by you? I can, just, I can hear. I can hear the rain. By me also. Yeah, I can hear. I can hear the it's, rain. It's like hailing. Yeah, this is it makes the, sense. It was super humid outside. Yeah, I mean, it was like 100 degrees yesterday, uh, or two days ago. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, wow, it's thundering. The weather has been nuts. I mean, so we're in New York City, and. It, I, I think I, we talked about this in a, in a past episode, but it, the climate is like tropical, 
I was reading this article, I think it was today, or whatever, you know, whenever you listen, it doesn't matter, in the New York Times, and it was about this town in Argentina, or city in Argentina, and they're just getting these insane hailstorms, and uh, it does feel like it's the, it's like the planet rebelling in, in some way. Makes sense. Or that's how that grumpy. That's how we. Yeah, that's how we interpret it now. I mean, if you throughout history, it would be God is angry at us, right? I think I think God is angry at us. Mother Nature's angry at us. The way we're treating this planet, she's taking it out on us. It's it's wacky out there. Yeah, I am excited to have some steak later. (laughs) Beautiful. So that that was your number four. That was my number four. Gummy worms, sour gummy worms, particularly. Okay, my number three. Um, is Dum Dums Lollipops. But you might call me a Dum Dum, but I was stuck on a Dum Dum 10 out of 10 days of the week, even though there's seven. My favorite flavor is Pineapple Dum Dum. Um, I'm a big fan of how, I feel like at the, it reminds me of the doctor's office or the dentist. Not that they wouldn't have it at the dentist, but having like a, a jar of these Dum Dums and they're, they're small enough, there's so many different flavors and you pull out a flavor and you get like, they had the mystery flavor, which you don't even know what it is, but it's always crazy. Uh, they're small enough where you, and I think I feel like it's the best quality lollipop overall. Tootsie's classic, and the other one that has the gum inside was fine, but I feel like Dum Dum's quality is overall my favorite lollipop. Um, um Dum Dum. Interesting. Yeah, Dum Dum's, to me, they're synonymous with the pediatrician office. So... Like yeah. when I was little, I think I, I liked them, but I was always skeptical of them because I was like, "Hey, if they're if these are in a doctor's office, they can't be that. There's got to be something right with them." And candy, you want to have something wrong with them. So you're I never really skeptic. I never totally trusted it, and I don't know. I mean, they were good. I always remember the butterscotch was one I liked. That was like a solid dum dum. I felt like they were smaller. Maybe just at my doctor's office, yeah. they gave you kids versions. Uh, but I do agree. No, with, smaller. I do agree with your assessment that um, the Dum Dums are the best lollipop because Tootsie Pops they just ruin themselves with the how many looks the licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Because that's all you can think about when you're having it, and then you're like, Could, do I have to lick this? Could I suck on it or do I can't? I'm not allowed to suck on it because I have to. That the rules are you have to lick it. It was very stressful, right? And then the right. blow pop. I feel like it was that was the one with the gum. That was yeah. all about just getting to the gum. So you getting almost gum. and what if you don't want gum? And what if you don't what want if you gum? To suck on a candy. Yeah, I feel like you just everyone just rushed through the lollipop to get to the gum. The gum wasn't even that good. No, it's a lollipop. It's a, it's a sucker. Yeah. So yeah, agree with, agree with your, your sentiment there. Nice one. My number two, a classic Jewish dessert, at least it feels Jewish to me, it is the chocolate-covered jelly ring, specifically the Joyva in the yellow package jelly ring. Uh, I feel like at home growing up, it was always in the freezer, always had it on like a dish for Jewish holidays. Unbelievable. These are probably the candies I've eaten the most of my life. Uh, I would... I've would eat the chocolate shell sometimes around the jelly and then have just a jelly ring at the end and then eat the jelly on its own. And that's a special treat. Just just the whole process of eating it. Um, the sweet and the chocolate, the the fruitiness of the, the jelly ring. It's just, to me, outside of my number one, it is the pina colada of candies. 
So that's interesting you say that. I think jelly rings. Yeah, I just always in my head just call them jelly rings. When I was little, yeah. I never liked them because I thought jelly was like a vegetable or something. Or it was like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought jelly was not a candy. It was like you had peanut butter and jelly. So therefore, right. how could something that's in a sandwich that like, I felt like kind of got forced on me. Like, how could that also be something that I enjoy? In retrospect, I know I was wrong. Jelly is delicious. It's a dessert. It's it's actually mostly a dessert. You could have it also as, you know, with peanut butter, I guess. But um, And now I've really, they've grown on me. And I actually am a little upset I didn't think about them because they would have, I don't know if they would have made my top nine. They would have been close. Um, yeah. But I never liked them. They always had them around. Did at your temple growing up, like after like Shabbat, they always like had like, like the Jewish cookies and stuff. Yeah. 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 The jelly rings were always, 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 always hanging there. out. Yeah. And I, I don't think I was, I, I wasn't ready for them at the time where I was most exposed to them. And for that, I apologize. Uh, that's, that's really humble of you. Yeah. I can't, I'm, I'm almost, I'm jealous, jelly, jealous ring of your, your honesty. Yeah. I'm a jellyfish. But my number one is the untouchable. It's the godfather. It's the king. The ka of candies. It's, unfortunately, I still can't get enough of them. I, I, if I, usually, I sometimes have them in my freezer. It's the Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Uh, it's the Reese Witherspoon Peanut Butter Cups. How do you eat a Reese's? I'll tell you how I eat it. I eat the chocolate around the peanut butter center, and then I crush the peanut butter in the middle. It's, when it's frozen, it's unbelievable. It's inconceivable. Uh, they've been making different kinds of peanut butter cups now, but I'm talking the classic RPBC Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. Um, it's just, it's addictive. There's definitely something in there that's not legal. Uh, it's just, it's insane. Peanut butter with chocolate around it, and it's like manufactured chemical peanut butter. It's, it's just, it's wild. That's my number one. Yeah, so I didn't tell you this, but we actually have Reese's as our ad this week. Oh, beautiful. So I'm going to wait until, you know, because I forgot to tell you, so, but I, I feel like I can't speak to Reese's either way because sure. they're our advertisement. Save the copy. Yeah. Jesse's uh, swinging a bat around. <laughs> like he's going to beat me up if he doesn't like my cough, no. my, uh, my candy. <laughs> just, a, just a little intimidation factor I wanted to add, add to the uh, pod. This is my, uh, my, I got this in 2002 at Yankee Stadium Bat Day. It's a Derek Jeter bat. That's a bat out of hell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, bat Goldberg. <laughs> All right, so I got my number three is Warheads we already talked about. Nice. Number two... Similar to to your jelly roll, it's not the same thing, but it is Hanukkah. <laughs> it is <laughs> say jelly roll, jelly jelly ring. <laughs> it's similar to your jelly rolls. <laughs> jelly ring. And that was my number two. Just jelly rolls. Yeah. <laughs> jelly, yeah. Jel, jelly ring. Uh, I got Hanukkah gelt. Nice. Oh, that's your number two, though? Oh, yeah. So, bad thing about Hanukkah Gelt is they're usually milk chocolate, which I already said was terrible. Yeah. But you got to love the memories surrounding Hanukkah Gelt. Getting the bag of Gelt 
kind of in your mind thinking that it's like almost as good as money, actual money. Unwrapping them, seeing the different designs on them. Usually they're a menorah, but it could be something else. Um, playing dreidel with the gelt. Just it's one of the few candies that I feel like transcends the actual quality of the candy with memory. Yeah, it doesn't give you a guilty feeling. Does not give you a guilty feeling. Um, I will say this: I don't know if this is the same company or this is like some sort of movement, but I feel like increasingly I've seen at supermarkets not gelts but coins of the world. Have you seen this? No. And I'm not the world that I have chocolate in. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is something that's like it, they're basically they're they're gelt, but they're branded as coins of the world. So I'm not sure if this is something that's like not taking advantage of, of gelt's popularity, but like you know um, a similar product, or it's mm-hmm. like now considered un PC to actually have Hanukkah gelt. I hope not. I hope not, but like I remember, like what two years ago, I was looking for gelds, and all I could find was these coins of the world, and I was like, "Is this force that is 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 this you know force of society depriving us of gelt?" And I don't know, if, I don't know if that's true. I don't want to say it's true. I don't want to believe it, but that'd be a damn shame. It would be a damn shame, and uh, I'm not I'm not for it if that's the case. But I might also just be taking my mat and jumping to a conclusion that's not there. Then I want to avoid that. But all I'm saying is that I see these coins of the world and it's getting harder and harder to find guilt. All right. It's fair. It's all people. If any, any Razorbacks know any answers to this, uh, this guilt question, let us know. Yeah. Man. Whoever guilt it, dealt it. <laughs> I like that. Uh, and the number one, I have high chews. Wow. High chews, I feel like, are everything that Starburst could have been, wow. but just better. Apple high chews are the best. Uh, just they're, they're a Starburst-adjacent candy. They're less chewy, and that's really about it. They're less chewy, and they, they just feel better. They have like a nat- more of like a natural fruit flavor. Yeah, they more have a natural fruit, fruit flavor, uh, but they also have all the benefits of Star Starburst in terms of. I guess they usually come in one flavor, but um, all, like it has the sleeve. You know, it, it's that kind of fun. You have you know you're, you're the mayor feeling, but I think they're just a far sure. superior candy. They're they're the only candy when um, you know like CVS or Walgreens the checkout, whatever. Um, yeah. which I think is, is actually probably the downfall of America. <laughs> the, the, the counter before you check out with all the candies and magazines. Yeah, because I feel like as a country, we can't resist that counter. And yeah. if, if we were able to, we'd be out of the virus by now. Oh, that's tough. But Phil Jackson, is it, is it, is a, his number one candy is high shoes. Big high shoe guy. Yeah. Um... They're they're great, and they're the only candy that I'm ever tempted to get at a checkout. And that was the barometer for being number one. That's fair. I totally forgot about high shoes. I'm, I I feel like high shoes are, are kind of new to the scene. They are new. Yeah. They are new to the scene. I don't think I actually I don't think I had them until I feel like until uh, I started living in the city. But they're the yeah. candy I've had far and away the most since then. They're the only candy I'll, I'll actually get. Um, so by, by that virtue, it had to be number one. Strong. 
Strong numero uno. Strong list overall. Strong list overall. It was a good we list. Had one, one, one candy in common. Yeah, it was a good list. I'm glad we did this. Even though we're, we're kind of past our candy prime, it, sure. was, it was good to get that sugar rush. <laughs> yeah. You got any ads? I guess you, you have an ad for... Uh, I do have an ad, but what, what before, ad? before our ads, I want to go uh, reveal Whack Goldberg's picks. Oh, true, true, true. I also, yeah, you go ahead. So, we have, if, if you are new to the pod or if you missed the past few episodes, we're, have, we have a new segment in which Whack Goldberg guesses Jesse's picks and Kate, my wife, guesses my picks. And yeah. it's a nice little element. Brazerbacks, no one told us they didn't like this, so we're just going to do this forever. So, uh, Whack Goldberg, again, in his classic Whack Goldberg prediction, he says Starburst, no. But you were kind of close. You said you said you could appreciate Starburst. I appreciate Starburst. It's not on my top nine. Cotton, cotton candy. <laughs> this is such a whack move. He thinks I watch Cake Boss, I drink chocolate milk, and I eat cotton candy? Yeah, this, How whack is this guy? This is the Cake Boss selection of whack this time. And then he says Bunch of Crunch, which you had. Yeah. Classic Bunch of Crunch. Though I will say we did discuss Bunch of Crunch on our way up to golf. So but, I kind of show, tip my hand a little but bit. But that is whack for you. He always gets one, and he's going to get it no matter what. I mean, maybe he arranged golf so he could get the one candy out of you. Yeah. He got one. He always gets one on the edge, and the, he always has one that's just not even close. It's yeah. almost insulting. And then he had his, his he had his maybe three musketeers. So, I could, yeah, okay. I could say that maybe. Okay. And then he said, for, he had predictions for me. He said, <laughs> he said, Either Mounds or Almond Joy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mounds. An Almond Joy is the classic grandpa chocolate bar. Yeah. Yeah, classic terrible candy. Yeah, I, don't think I've, I don't think I've ever candy. I don't think I've ever had Mounds, but Almond Joy I've had. I don't really have an opinion either way. I feel like it's fine. Gotcha. Alright, well I have uh, Lance's mate Kate picks. Uh, she said that this one is tough because Lance is not a candy person. I don't th- she said she doesn't think she's ever seen you purchase candy for yourself and have rarely seen you eat it. So she was it's interested true. to see what you choose. Yeah, she was she like... Sa- she said... What, what were you No, when I said this was candy, she's like, you don't... Whatever you... She said... I think she said to me, whatever you say is a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Something outrageous that she shared with me that you asked her before when you guys were talking about the candy is that you asked her if Tic Tacs or Altoids counted as candies. Yeah, did. That is one of the most outrageous. And even that you might have thought, Tic Tac, I can see maybe the orange can be considered a candy because it tastes good. But an Altoid? I can't. If you had Altoid on your list, I would have. my head would have popped off. It would have exploded. <laughs> if, who, who's like, oh, man, I, just, I have such a hankering... A sweet tooth right now. I need something to really. I, I I can't. I need something sweet, something delicious. Give me an Altoid. I, I can't get enough of these Altoids. Oh man, I just ran through a box of Altoids because I'm addicted. It's I, oh man, I just got so stoned and I had a bunch of Altoids. Who? <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad you guys deliberated uh, on that. And then you did. You came to a conclusion of not putting it on your well, list. Well, so I'll tell you what happened. I wasn't. I was like, I don't think. I was like, Tic Tacs. They could, could not. But I was like, I should get another. I should get a confirmation. Uh, and then, yeah, Kate was like, "What are you insane?" 
And then her reaction was very strong. And then I said, what about Altoids? And that was almost more to rile her up than to anything. Because I knew if TikToks, TikToks weren't, then Altoids probably couldn't either. And then, yeah, she similarly lost her mind just like you did. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. Kate and I are on the same page. But here are her guesses, which was very, uh, very, very spot on. Top, she said these would be in her top nine. Gummy worms. Got them. Fudge. You did not have fudge. I actually had sweet fudge. We, it was actually a, a it is on my list, and I X'd it out because I forgot about Werther's. Wow, so it was on, it, yeah, it was on my original list, but I crossed it out. Uh, Judge Fudge, you're guilty on that one. Then three Musketeers on the list. Got it. Crispy M and M's, which we discussed, but it was not on your list, right? Yeah, but I did say they were the number one M and M. Yeah, which they are true. Yeah, M and M. So very spot on. And then Snickers. Which did not make it, but Snickers has been tucked out in the pot a lot. Yeah, they're, they're, it's good, but I like. Uh, I think I like th- Three Musketeers better, and Milky Way Midnight, obviously. Right. So you can't have you that can't have category of chocolate bar. Yeah, you can't. You can't just all be that category of chocolate bar. But overall, very spot on list from Kate, and nothing out of left field like whack. <laughs> no, no cotton candy. No cotton candy. All right. Well, speaking oh, yeah, of, I've never even had cotton candy. I've had, you know, I mean, if you're just talking about the first two bites of something, you might have to say cotton candy. Cotton candy is like, um, I don't know, it's like the stock market if the first two days were great and then it was the Great Depression. The stock, yeah, oh. cotton, cotton, no, cotton candy is like October 27th, 1929. <laughs> I think October 29th was when, like, things really dropped. Right. So cotton candy is like two weeks, but the first two, like, if, if, a, if all the bites are, are two to three weeks, the first two bites... Very solid, and then it just plummets to being homeless. And it crashes. Yeah. Right. And you crash with the sugar. Bingo. Speaking of... And then you get, a, you get a gold rush. Speaking of sugar rush. cotton candy, this week we're sponsored by Reese's. So, Reese's. Have you ever hired BoJack Horseman to be your spokesperson? We at Reese's did, and on behalf of the Reese's family, we wanted to say, Reese's, sorry. Sorry for pretending to be the best peanut butter cup on the market, even though Justin's no. peanut butter cups are way better. Sorry for all no. the times when there's barely any peanut butter in the Reese's. Sorry for thinking that putting Reese's pieces in the cups was a good idea. It actually was a great idea that enabled us to sell less product at a higher price, but sorry that we pretended like you were benefiting from this. Reese's, we're sorry. I feel like I'm caught in a, uh, a kosher pickle right now because this is a, one of our spots, but I just think it's blasphemous. I, I can't agree with a single word that was just said. The cups, the, 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 the peanut butter, there's nothing to be sorry about, Reese's. They're, you're, you're, putting, you're breaking me into pieces. Maybe they're, you know, they've gotten pretty arrogant lately, so maybe. Wow, that's, that's tough to hear. All right, I'll reveal Thanks it. for sponsoring us. I, I wrote that ad. No way. You wrote that ad? I wrote that ad. Well, I, I, I disagree 100%. I think under parody law, it was, it was an ad. So you're anti-Reese's Reese's Cups? I like them, but I think they, they're flying too close to the sun for me lately. The whole Reese's Not Sorry is... I don't think... I think they, they're okay. They're good, but like the chocolate... The peanut butter's fake. Um, and they're like... I feel like they get worse and worse every time I have them. And then to like like to kind of force how good they are on everyone with the with the the ad campaign now, it's too much. 
It is, it is definitely fake, but it's the most delicious fake peanut butter I've ever had. And I've had the Justin's peanut butter cups. They're fine, but it feels like you're, it's like a... It's, it's too, too, too natural of peanut butter. It's too natural. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't know. Pete Reese's peanut... They now just remind me of like rat poison or something. <laughs> wow. All right. I guess that's fair. I got an ad. Um, today's episode is brought to you by Dum Dums. Dum Dums. Do you hate the doctor's office but love sweet treats? Sounds like a conundrum that can be solved by a Dum Dum. Don't be a sucker and grab a sucker, a.k.a. a Dum Dum. Marcus Smart hates Smarties but loves Dum Dums. Doesn't make sense to you? Well, then you must be a Dum Dum, a.k.a. you must be a spherical lollipop, in which case I don't know how you're listening to this podcast. Dum Dums, come for the name, stay for the lollipop. Yeah, that's, a good, that's an ad. That's a, that's a yeah. sponsor. Appreciate Dum Dums supporting the pod. Yeah, not like, you know, I had to... Yeah. You want to get into our second question? Or should we do our new version? Let's do our second question. Let's do our second question. So, again, question segment. We're, we're ask, you're asking questions, we're answering them. Send questions our way. BraceBits Instagram or BraceBits at gmail.com. So this one, this person doesn't want to be revealed. An anonymous Brazerback. Uh, they're going by the nickname Anonymous Otter. And Anonymous Otter says... You haven't done a top nine slices of pizza, as far as I know, and you should do that. But what do you think is the most underrated slice of pizza? Solid question. I'm not sure there – I think it would be an interesting top nine. I don't really know that there's nine combinations of – I guess there's different kinds of pizza. It would be tough to do it. I top think, nine of that. I think you, yeah, I think maybe we could do top nine pizzas. There definitely, and we, I mean, there's enough to do it. We would probably have a fair amount in common. It would be interesting to see where our list was. I'm not sure if, yeah. if there's enough. You're right, um, but I do have an underrated. I'll go first, I guess. Let's hear it. Uh, barbecue chicken pizza. That's, that's amazing because you don't. I love, I love BBQ. You, yeah, it's really good, and you don't think about it as like a classic slice of pizza. It is. I honestly think it's pizza pizza adjacent. Depending on the way it's executed, too, it could almost be more of a flatbread than a pizza. Yeah. But if you get it in that classic slice, you know, if you're having a bar, if you know, you're getting it from like a place that's making a barbecue chicken pie, then it's clearly more so a pizza. Um, I feel like the key of the barbecue chicken pizza is the sauce. The chicken is never going to be that high quality because it's chicken on a pizza, and it's just not the best way for it to exist. But um, yeah, barbecue chicken pizza. If you're in the right mood, then there's nothing better. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great slice. I think the first time I ever had that was at a uh, California pizza kitchen. They do a good barbecue yeah. chicken. My, yeah. I think my, my parents, like, on visiting day at summer camp, we went to a, a CPK. And I had a barbecue chicken slice. It was amazing. My most underrated slice of pizza is the white slice, um, which I'm not sure. I could, it, it might have a little privilege, but I think it's underrated. It's the mozzarella, ricotta, pecorino, romano, no no red sauce, straight up white. I think it's underrated. It doesn't get a lot of love. I, 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 it's always a, a classic at like pizzeria slice shops. They always have the white slice. And if I'm, a, if I'm getting two slices, I usually will get pepperoni slice and then a white slice or a plain slice and a white slice. I think it's a great counterbalance to another slice. Um, I've never gotten like a whole white pie. I think that's too much white. Um, yeah, underrated is my white slice. Yeah, Jack uh, white. yeah. I've never gotten a totally white pie. You want more diversity, but yeah. Um, I think when you go to 
So, like, at, at a pizza place, like, a, a, your classic slice pizza place, you know, that's not that, you know, it's normal prices. I feel like the like the white slice is not that good. It's, like, too cheesy. I think, I mean, it's all in the cheese. I feel like the cheese has to be high-quality cheese for it to work. So I feel like I've had, there's a place, um, I can't even remember, I can't think of the, the name, uh, Una Pizza Napolitana on the Lower East Side. And they had a sure like a white pizza that was incredible. I feel like so if you go to these more upscale pizza places, when they like their white pizza because they're just using you know high quality uh, ingredients, I feel like it's yeah more likely to be better. Yeah, the the, the Frank Pepe's whites the, the the clam pizza, which is pretty much a white slice with clams on top, that's unbelievable. That's it's it's insane. Um, it's not as cheesy, but I, I like the cheesy white slice from uh, I feel like it's, it's kind of, it's a great drunk slice cause it's like very cheesy. It's very greasy. It stops up the booze. Yeah. So when I, uh, my drunk slice was always the pizza. You had to go with pizza with ranch dressing. Just no load up the ranch oh, dressing. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was a, a drunk fool. Um, but yeah, that was my, that was, that was my go-to. Wow. I can understand if it's a buffalo chicken slice putting ranch on top. Like, you would put ranch on top of, like, a plain slice? Oh, yeah, just doused it. Yeah. Yeah, it's QAB for sure. I'm glad, I'm glad you don't drink anymore. Yeah. You, you, were, you, were, you were losing. Yeah. It was, it was a QAB move, but I don't know. When you're drunk and you get to just, like, globs of ranch, it's, it's tough to beat. It's tough to, tough to Hashim to beat. <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right, so we move in the groove into our new hybrid segment? Yeah, so here at Braze Bits, we're always innovating. We understand that kind of everything in life is not, you can't be stagnant. You're either always moving forward or moving backward. Life's a seesaw, the Saw movie franchise. I saw the sign. And we decided that, is that a joke? Was that a joke? And QAB? There's some overlap. And in the service of moving the pod to, you know, moving the pod forward like Toyota, moving the pod forward, we decided to combine, is that a joke in QAB, into... Is that a QAB? There we go. I think it's a, I think it's a great idea. I think, it's, I think it was it's the evolution of the pod. We, uh, like what I was thinking of, is that a joke in QAB? A lot of them could, be, could fit into either or, or category. So why not... Combine them into is that a QAB? Exactly, and make it, you know, we're stronger together. Exactly. Uh, you got an is that a QAB? Yeah, I do. So my is that a QAB, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, vague. but And I, I've talked about it, I feel like, before, but maybe not in this uh, sentiment as much. I feel like the disconnect between the internet, like social media, Instagram really in particular... And reality is getting greater and greater every day. Like, I feel like, I mean, this is just one example. And I don't have any, the thing is, I'm not doing research. I'm not, you know, gathering samples and polling people. But I think I go on Instagram and it's like mostly people saying how terrible you are if you don't wear masks. Everyone like performing how good they are as people. And then you go outside and it's like people are just like, at bars, no one's wearing a mask. It's it's like this. Uh, I feel like there's this. I'm, I'm like, how are these the same? How is this the same thing? Right. 
a different world. It's different. If it's a different society. Yeah, and it it's bothering me more. It's bothering me on like a just the the level of reality. It's like these aren't. I, I don't know how to. The, I guess I sent you an article about cognitive dissonance. Uh, yeah. And I feel like just like it, it's a, yeah, it's a little, it's like just a little bit too much for me to handle. I, I just I don't know I don't know how to process it. I feel like these are two different two different things, and I feel like the world is moving towards like more of the internet as opposed to reality. But people are like I, I can't. I, I, you got to help me here. So uh, the way I I kind of interpret it is like our online lives are uh, at least especially on Instagram, can only see the people who you follow's page. So it's kind of like you're insulated with this bubble of people that you know, and some people that like these on my page, like people that I were friends with. Can you hear this thunder and lightning in the background? Yeah, Ron Dane and Tiki Barber, but you got to respect this. It's it's it's, it's booming outside. Um, but Chris Berman, I was just thinking about like <laughs> what what I was thinking about during the 2016 election, how. Like in my online bubble, it seemed like Hillary Clinton was 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 everyone was going to vote for her. The entire country, everyone online, everyone who I saw talking about politics online was voting for her, and I was completely uh, surprised and shocked by Trump winning. And it kind of reminds me how like the things you see online, especially on Instagram and Facebook, where it's only people that you're friends with and that you follow, it doesn't represent the whole picture. So when you walk outside, the majority of people are not people that are in your internet sphere and so, aren't following the rules or and aren't, aren't on the same page. So I, page. I, I think in some circumstances that's true, but I think in this case it's not. Um, I feel like now between like just with the life I've like I've lived, you know, um, there's enough older people on social media. Uh, doing comedy, you, you just like know a lot of people. Uh, yeah, the comedy is like a common thread, but you know people of different backgrounds, different ages, like different life experience. But with the like the mass stuff in particular, I feel like it's like you know someone between twenty five and thirty five on Instagram saying like kind of yelling at people basically, and then outside it's like. I don't know. It's, it feels like it's the same person not following the rules. But those pe- the people that are not going to wear a mask outside aren't going to post on Instagram saying I'm not wearing a mask. They're, they're like the silent majority. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying, I'm saying like, I feel like there's, there's some, sort. it feels to me. And I think this is also like either spending too much time online or just the reality disconnect. But it feels like to me, there are like, are people basically like yelling, like this, being like, look how good of a person I am, maybe yelling at people for not wearing a mask, like acting like they're following the, it's, it's like almost like pretending to be good in front of like your parents. And then when the parents are gone, yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. a monster. And that's what it feels like right. the internet is versus reality. And I'm like, why, why is this happening? What is it? Who is it benefiting? Is it, like the actual doing good is being good in real life as opposed to acting like you're good on Instagram, but it feels like it's getting more and more, there's more social currency and acting like you're good as opposed to being good. And this is something that's existed for a while now, but it feels like, it feels like it's just more in your face more and more every day. The, the disconnect, yeah. I guess is, is starker every day. It feels like to me. Yeah. Rob Starker. 
it's obvious, but you, you can you can just curate your entire personality and the way you're perceived online. I mean, like when you're out in the world, it's harder to filter the way people perceive you. Yeah, I don't know. I just find it it's it's been bothering me a lot lately, and I think it's more so because. You know, like one thing I did like about comedy, and it is something like even with Trump getting elected. I mean, obviously we're doing comedy in New York City, but I feel like after he won, there were sign, there were so many signs of like, oh, that, that you you made right. you, you understood the signs in, in hindsight, even though it maybe wasn't as obvious before. Right. Um, but with this, I just I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like it feels like a lot of like society's workings are more invested in this internet side of things as opposed to reality. And I find that concerning. That's that's as good as that a QAB. Yeah. My, is that a QAB? I talked about early, my, my highlights. I went uh, golfing with Wack Olbert. First time I golfed in a long time. I went to the uh, golf range the day before we went golfing just to kind of, you know, get my swing down. And it, it made me re- like. It made me realize that being at the golf range, and I, I kind of knew this because I've been golfing my whole life, and I've been going to the range. The golf range is so much different than actually going to a golf course, and just from either the way you set up, putting the golf ball on a mat, the golf range is much different than a fairway or on the grass, and like there's no pressure at all. So like when I was at the golf range the day before, I was able to. I figured out my swing. I was hitting good golf balls. I, was, I came in with a lot of confidence. And then when I started playing out the course with Wack Oberg, I was I was whacking him onto into the other courses, other fairways. I was shanking him. Uh, Shaw shank redemption, and I had no redemption. I did have redemption. So QEB is like I think golf ranges are kind of a racket. I think like they, it's a good way for you to work on your swing, but it's there's no it doesn't translate at all to being on the golf course like there's it doesn't it's not a good uh, simulation at all i was trying to think of it if, like i think open mics compared to comedy shows are at least at open mics you're able to go on stage and test out jokes and like hear them out loud and it's not the same at all but you can get a good feel for it at the range you can't you i left there with a the feel of thinking i was tiger woods and i go to the course and i'm shank mcshankerson yeah i mean so I don't. I wouldn't say that driving ranges are a racket, but I think they they club you into a false sense of security. Yeah. So this is what it's like. I mean, so it, it, I think it really just literally is. Golf courses are practice. I mean, go, driving ranges are practice, and golf courses is game time. And it's the same thing in basketball. So like, you can practice at the park, and you get into a rhythm. You're shooting. You know, from the elbow, you're shooting from the other elbow, and you get into that rhythm, and you could work on your shot. But then, when you get into the game, all of a sudden, pressure's on. You're not setting up the shot perfectly. There's a defender in your face, whack over, you know, taunting you, and exactly. it's it's a pressure situation, and it's, it's just different. It's also the the setup. I realize it's very artificial at the golf range. Like I'm. Literally, like, the mat is an artificial mat, and it's, like, I think it's, like, designed to be more forgiving on, like, your swing if, you're, if your club hits the mat. And there's nowhere on the golf course that's similar to this kind of mat. Like, the tee that they use at the golf range is, like, this thick, big tee that you're able to get 
around the ball easier. I think it's just it's made oh, the yeah. golf range is it's it's different. I it's, love it's those I love those tees on a uh, at a dry range like that nice rigatoni. Oh yeah, it's, it's that thick noodle. Noodle me up. Yeah, there's a noodle golf ball that I used to love. The noodles. I don't know that. Cup of noodles. Cup of noodles. Yeah, so that's my aesthetic to it. That's a, playing good at the range and then going to the course and being whack. Yeah, I think that the, the problem is that I don't think there's a there's not a better way. I think that's the best way. What other what like if there was a better way, it would exist. Yeah, you, it's, it's like anything else. You just have to do it to get better. You have, you have to play on a course to get better. Yeah, that's the problem with golf is I feel like you have to play all the time. Otherwise, yeah. you're not going to be – otherwise, it's a different experience where it's more about – this is actually funny. My sister, uh, she was visiting her boyfriend, Drew Bledsoe's family, in the Boston area, and they played golf. And my – both my parents were like, how was – how do you do – or how was it? But, like, for my mom, it was like, did you enjoy your time outside – and right. then for my dad, it was like, what score do you get? How'd you play? Yeah. So I feel like if you don't play golf all the time, having a good golf outing is basically just enjoying being outside and hanging out. Yeah. You, you're not- I, had, I had to transition. I had to transition my expectations. I went into it thinking I want to play well. And then after the first hole, I was like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy my time. Yeah. And that's what I'm like playing golf now. Like I'm like until I – yeah, usually the first hole, I'm like, oh, hopefully I'll do well. And then I get a triple bogey, and I'm like, all right, I'll just have fun. Just have a good time. And that's what's yeah. annoying about golf is because I, I feel like I would, I would like to be good, but it's just it's such a commitment. It, and it's a money commitment, too. I mean, it's it's expensive. Sure. Yep. So that's it. That's it. Let's bring in the closer. Let's do it. Oh, three, a two, a one, two, three, four. Bits, 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 bits. Bits, 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 that are best QAVs. Send us questions. Uh, Instagram us or DM us at uh, at BraiseBits or send us an email BraiseBits at gmail.com. Shout out to our international listeners. It's so cool that we have people from all over the world who listen. We respect you and appreciate you. If you ever want to message us, definitely message us. We'd love to hear from you and and your thoughts um, on, on the pod. And that's all I got. Absolutely. Same here. I would love to know if there's any like, international candies, global candies that we uh, we didn't, we don't know about. Yeah. Yeah. Just listen to Braze Bits. Tell a friend. Tell an enemy. Send us a question. Send us some uh, critique. Send us some advice. And uh, follow me on uh, social media at J-I-G-S. J-E-I-G-S. Hell yeah. Uh, good, good episode. Sweet episode. Sweet sweet episode. That's right. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Peace.